that memory of when I was a kid being in a schoolyard, head in my knees, crying, feeling all alone, feeling like I don't belong here, I don't belong in this planet. And then as I grew up learning that so many empaths have that feeling, feeling alone, feeling like they don't belong here, feeling like there's something wrong with them, but really none of us were ever alone in that feeling. And in fact, I think it's that that alone feeling that brings us together. So for instance, like your podcast, empaths come here for support. For me, I was like, Hitting my hitting my bottom, starting my spiritual awakening, and then having this strong desire for a relationship, and I just felt like spirit knew that I needed that motivation to do the inner work because it was just that's what was driving me. Like I just I just knew that if I didn't heal the inner trauma within me, I would continue to attract dysfunctional partners, and I wouldn't be able to attract my person. listening to the on call empath show show welcome guys to another episode of the on call empath today i have a treat for you guys i actually got a real expert empath coach with me that's her expertise that's what she does emily norwood She's an empath coach, certified soul mastery coach, specializing in supporting empaths. And we haven't had anyone like this on the show um, since I've had all these episodes. So I'm very excited to have her. She actually helps empaths uh, get back into their power so they can create lives that they love. And we're going to be talking about love and relationships. And that seems to be a very big thing nowadays, with especially with the pandemic being locked up in the house and you know, especially being empaths or even highly a sensitive person, we tend like not to go out. So how the, how the hell are you going to meet anyone? So that seems to be coming up. So thanks uh, for you guys just kind of, you know, reaching out to me and letting me know that that's something that's important to you. And uh, so I want to cover that. So with that said, Emily, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited <laughs> to be on your podcast, Raj. Excellent. I'm so excited to have you. And I know that, uh, you have a pretty uh, extensive uh, IG Instagram page geared for empaths, and you know it's totally up my alley. I just saw that, and I was just like, "Boom! Th- this is what we need." You know, somebody that knows about in you know empaths in inside and out. So, so you know, I I also noticed like you you know you're into you know '80s rock, and you, you love it's the Rocky jam. Mountains, and so you do a lot of uh, a lot of that stuff on on the side still, huh? Yeah. Like it's coming into winter. I'm in Canada. So I just kind of tried ah. to look up the mountains as much as I could before the snow falls. But yeah, I love the mountains. I love being in the mountains, love nature, like most empaths do. Yeah. It's beautiful up there. And, uh, what's your favorite eighties ballad? Oh, I love heart. I love alone <laughs> by heart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm a sucker for 80s music too. So, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, what I'd like to do is just kind of get started. I'm, I'm, I got so many questions for you, and I know a lot of my listeners are uh, tuning in and, you know, they want to get a lot of, uh, you know, guidance for especially the relationships and, and all of that. So, I'm just going to ask you what, what is your story on attracting your soulmate? You know, why is it so hard also for empaths to even you know, find, you know, their soulmate. Okay. Well, how I like to start my story is that 
that memory of when I was a kid being in a schoolyard, head in my knees, crying, feeling all alone, feeling like I don't belong here. I don't belong in this planet. And then as mm-hmm. I grew up learning that so many empaths have that feeling, feeling alone, feeling like they don't belong here, feeling like there's something wrong with them, but really none of us were ever alone in that feeling. And in fact, I think it's that, that alone feeling that brings us together. So for instance, like your podcast, empaths come here for support and they can also mm-hmm. find each other like in the comments section or in mm-hmm. other accounts on Instagram. So for me, um, my, my story in short is that I was rejected four times and then I found love, found, I found mm-hmm. fence. but it started out for me. I was like hitting my, hitting my bottom, starting my spiritual awakening and then having this strong desire for a relationship. And I just felt like <clears throat> spirit knew that I needed to have that, that motivation to do the inner work, because it was just, that's what was driving me. Like, I just, I just knew that if I didn't heal the inner trauma within me, I would continue to attract dysfunctional partners and I wouldn't be able to attract Mm -hmm. my person. So Mm -hmm. I I make the joke, like I just did the inner work because I wanted to get laid, but really I'm an empath. (laughs) I'm I'm heart centered. So it's so much more than that. And for empath, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's both, it's like, it's the love and the sex. Like we want, we want both and for it to be satisfying. Right. Every empath knows like when someone just needs you and they need to talk to you and they need your energy, you just like want to run away, want to hide under the covers. And for me at that time, because I hadn't done the work, I was that needy person. Like I was looking outside of myself to fill the void that was meant to be filled. And I know we've all heard this before, but it is so true that that relationship with spirit and that, that connection to full me, the fullness of everything that I am. So it took me a bit to realize that it wasn't about how I looked because I thought at that time I was quite cute, but I was just repelling, repelling, repelling and having no prospects. So it's really about energy. So I feel like if there's someone out there who's like feeling like, oh, good, good thing. It's not about how I look because I don't feel that attractive. I just, as I was kind of preparing for this, I had this sense to say, you are beautiful. Like whoever you are, mm-hmm. like you are beautiful. So if this message is resonating, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not, you don't just have the inner beauty, you have the outer beauty too. So I just felt like I yeah. to say that, say that to someone. Yes, that is awesome. And you know, one thing I do that does resonate with me is like, personally, it's like, you know, you feel like you're out of the, you know, you're just kind of like a loner. I know for a lot of the empaths, you know, it's hard to, you know, get relationships, get into relationships that, um, that are good for us. A lot of times we'll attract the wrong people. Um, and then we'll start our people pleasing, um, and do whatever we want. So we don't feel alone. And that's one thing I wanted to ask you is why, why do so many empaths fear the fact that, okay, you know, if I don't find somebody, if I can't, you know, be with somebody who accepts me, it's like, you feel like you're not complete. And then you mentioned that, you know, we have to kind of, uh, you know, be comfortable with who we are. Even myself, it's like, man, I don't think I'm going to be able to be complete unless I have somebody in my life. Why, why is that? And I'm sure a lot of people, not even just empaths, but I think a lot of people 
just feel like they can't be complete unless they have a partner. Right. Because for me, I definitely had some codependency going on. Like part of Mm. my drive was to find my, my person. And I know that that's a common theme with empaths, but I just surrendered to the process and I allowed the, the healing to be built into the process of, of manifesting my partner, like doing the inner healing at the same time. And as I was attracting people who were not in, in resonance with my highest, using that as information as the healing that I, I still needed mm-hmm. to do. So not, not well, judging myself for being codependent, but allowing myself to dive, dive right in and get in there and, and start to heal the layer. Yes. And, one thing I do want to point out, and this is from speaking to a couple people that I've uh, known, sometimes like when we get to a point where we're like, you know what, I'm just going to settle or mm-hmm. I'm going to go after this person because you know, I just don't want to be alone. Right. And the person that we do end up choosing end up being bad for us or maybe even a narcissist. Yes. We, we, we tend to attract those types of people. And uh, at that point, it's like a kiss of death. And then... Yep. Some, some people never get out. Yep. Yeah, because for me, one of my people, the first people, that person that rejected me was a narcissist. And in the beginning, it's like I was so vulnerable. And of course, they, they just could smell me, right? Just mm-hmm. pick up on that. And I was strong enough at that point, And I don't know how. I think it's just because personal growth is so important to me. I'm like, will you wait? Like, will you wait for me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yes, yes, yes. And then when I felt like I was ready just turned out like he had been seeing all these other people and he's just like, I, I don't like you. I never did. But I feel like oh, wow. my message is, yeah, he said, um, he would say to me, you're my favorite lady. And I should have taken that as a red flag. Like I'm your favorite out of how many, <laughs> like, like how many right. ladies are there? So yeah. just, just using that as like it, after, at that time, it was a lot all coming at me at one time, but I just thought, no, I am going to use this as motivation, as fuel for the fire to do even mm-hmm. more inner healing. So kind of like taking, taking the blame off of him, although he should have known better and, and yeah. taking my power back and taking full responsibility. Like he wouldn't have been able to sniff me out if I didn't have um, healing to, that I still needed to do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't fully in my power and he could, and he could sense that I just wanted to gobble up my energy. Yeah. And I, and I always use the, you know, shark and blood and water um, example <laughs> where, you know, if an empath is like, you know, just not feeling the best, they have low self-esteem, codependency issues and unresolved, uh, you know, trauma from, you know, previous relationship. Yeah a narcissist is going to come up with flowers and, you know, just tell you everything you want to hear. And then once they got you, you, I mean, you better watch out. That's when they put, you know, the wolves in sheep's clothing, you know, they, they, you see their true nature and sometimes it's too late. A lot of people, and when they end up getting married after like a couple years or even like a couple months, they take the mask off. And then now, you you pretty much have a life full of just uh, sorrow and and I've heard this story more than once from a lot of people. It's just mm-hmm. you know. So one thing I want to sh- point out, and the, this is for my listeners out there, all the empaths, HSPs. You know, always you know don't don't always go after the first thing that sounds good because if it's too good to be true, in my opinion, always do you know uh, 
you know, always do your work and make sure that that's the right person. Don't rush anything. Um, I know even myself, I've made the mistake. I'm like, mom, this is perfect. This person is perfect in every angle. Like they're sweet. They're nice. They have a nice job, this and that. And then boom, one day they're just totally jackal and hide. Right. So (laughs) I always it is better to be alone than to settle for someone who is not good for you. Yeah. yeah. And I always say that, you know, it's, I'd, I'd rather be, you know, they say, would you rather be miserable and alone or be with somebody? And yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a two, two-sided coin. Right. Because if you're in the relationship, you have to undo the relationship and, and create space for the next relationship. So if you're, if you're single now, you have like one less step because all you're right. is calling your, calling your person in from a place of being of single. So it's actually yeah. easier. You, you don't have to unravel a dysfunctional dr- energy sucking relationship. Right. And another thing I get from a lot of my listeners, like, you know, time is ticking, I'm getting older, you know, right. I have, I've been single for so long. Right. And then you put that added stress and anxiety on top of it. And guess what? When that narcissist comes in, you're going to take it like, you know, the last clearance item, you know, in, in the department store. Right. That's, that's terrible thing right. to do. Cause that's all, that's all the <laughs> inner healing. You don't, yeah. We don't want to settle for scraps. Like so many empty mm-hmm. settle for scraps. So a big part of the journey is doing that, going back and doing that inner, inner child healing and love mm-hmm. that little kid. Like for me, it's like loving on little Emily and just seeing how precious she is and yeah. that she deserves the very best and to, and to not settle and to, and to really honor the fact if I have that desire, it's, it's, it's for a reason and it's not, Mm-hmm. Not not to settle for scraps. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's a very good point. So that leads me to the next question for you. I mean, let's say you know all the listeners that are tuning in today, you know they they they're at home in a pandemic, right. can't really meet people, um, and the people that they are meeting is are the wrong people. So right. my question to you is where where does someone start? Where do they begin and start attracting like genuine love? Like, I mean, where do we go? Well, for me, I just, I always feel like the first, the first step is to own that desire. And even if you gave up on it a long time ago, or you, you just feel like it's never going to happen, it feels like it's impossible just to, to own it. And to know that uh, your spiritual guides, your, your higher self, the universe, however you want to look, look at it, they know the path to your person or your people. Maybe there'll be a series of people as a part of your healing. And they know, they know the path through your healing to your person. So a big part of it is just having, having trust. And sometimes it's like imagining love, imagining that love is even possible is too big. So it's maybe starting things that are smaller like maybe you know that like you're you're a good friend and you and you have that belief and you and you you can trust the universe to to bring you good friends and you have people who are always saying you're you're a good friend so just using the things that you already trust the universe you already believe and then building up to that place where you can make room for a relationship and and honor knowing that like the biggest thing and I I believe this fully that our desires are the universe's way of saying, this is done, follow this feeling. So it's up to us to honor the desire and then follow the intuitive guidance. That is very well said. And so 
what it, what is your process of manifesting love specifically? Because I know some people are like, I want to manifest money. I want to manifest this. And there's a lot of coaches out there that claim that they're manifesting experts, you know, and that's all, that's all good and fine. But I'm just curious, how does that work? And how do you even manifest like love? Right. Well, the first, the first thing I think you're talking about, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yes, Joe. Yes, yeah, I knew it was something. Yeah. I forget his first name, but yes. Yeah, because yeah. he's all about um, activating your heart. Yes, which is so good for empath. So if you're feeling lost, you want you want a doctor, like someone who who knows their shit. I would. <laughs> I would. Oh, I, yeah. No, it is so good. <clears throat> but for me, what I I like to share, what I like to teach, is that our beliefs create our reality. I know you've probably heard this, but your outer world, whatever is going on around you is always a reflection of what, what is going on inside of you. And mm-hmm. it's reflecting your beliefs. So if you're feeling like I am not lovable, there are no healthy people out there. I can't attract healthy people. Mm-hmm. Then your outer you're reality. Attract that. Yes. Yeah, it's going to keep reflecting it. So uh-huh. I would be looking at my phone and like no messages. No messages. <laughs> of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, just throw me a bone here. But what, what it was, is like reflecting back what was going on inside of me. And I just like, I like this, like law of attraction is a bit of a bitch that way. Like if you're feeling lonely, you're going to get more of it. But it's just to use that to shift. Don't get discouraged. Just be like, thank you for the information. Now I'm going to do my inner work. At, at the root of, I think, almost all limiting beliefs, there's two core ones. And one is like, I'm not enough, like not feeling and the other one is that I'm not supported. Like you can't trust the universe, God, source divine to, to meet your need and, to, and, and your desires and like not just your needs, but what, what is truly, truly in your heart. So you can tell what is going on, what you're attracting by what you're, you're getting. Yes. And, and, and I can totally relate with that. I mean, you know, especially with like an email, like I'll go in there and I'll, I'll try to see somebody that maybe messaged me that I've been, you know, it doesn't even have to be relationship wise, but something, you know, maybe for financial or something that I'm trying to manifest. But the harder I try, like the, you know, the farther away I, I get from it. So I, I totally can resonate with that because, you know, I'm expecting, you know, somebody, something to fall in my lap. And when it doesn't happen, then I'm like, okay. There's something wrong with me. I'm never going to find love. And that's what I wanted to ask you. And that I know you mentioned low and high vibration. So if I'm giving, if giving you, let's say, a low v- vibration where I'm telling you like, hey, I never really, you know, had any good relationships. I'm not really that good. You know, I can't, I, ke- I keep falling on my face versus like, hey, you know, when I'm ready, I'll, I'll, I'll find somebody. I know I'm a good person. I know I can find anybody. See the difference. So I wanted you to kind of talk about the vibrations. And I know you do a good job of that on your Instagram too, to, to talk about that. Right. Yeah. Because it's about, it's about bridging the belief. And then a big part of it is for, for anyone, but especially for empaths is to elevate your energy and raise your vibration because we cannot manifest when we're feeling crappy, like when we're feeling fearful or we're feeling overwhelmed, feeling we're doubting that it's going to happen. And that needy energy, right? Like I just need it right now is, is the repelling energy. And I have to say, like, I'm not rich. Like I haven't, I for myself haven't mastered abundance, but I do, I, I do expect the universe to, my needs are always met. Like I just have this deep peace, but I have manifested love. So I feel more qualified to talk about to talk about that so with my audience i'm always saying get back into your your heart get back into your heart it's like what what the fuck does that right. even mean like 
connecting <laughs> with spirit, connecting with self, activating love. Like your heart is love. And I know Dr. Spenza talks a lot about um, activating the elevated emotions of love and gratitude. And it really is as simple as that. It's just so many people don't take the time to sit down and think about things that they truly appreciate, things that are going well, people that they love, people that are easy to love. And then other things that work is just music, like put on music, like dance, get in your heart, like get jiggy with it, whatever, whatever your boat and then and then saying no to the people that we don't actually want to spend time with like that's why I for empaths setting boundaries self-care saying no is so important because when we're not in our hearts we're not in our joy then that's what lowers our vibration and especially for empaths a big part of our joy oftentimes I'm finding is is when we're doing uh, creativity or we're connecting with animals or being in nature just like simple Simple things. It doesn't have to be too complicated to elevate your energy because for empaths, when we're not in alignment, when we're not in our heart, when we're not feeling good, it can be almost physically painful because we're so sensitive. So it's really important to make it a priority. And I'm always like harping on morning routine, morning routine, because it's easier at the beginning of the day, just get started in your heart and whatever happens for the rest of the day, you start again tomorrow, but it's, it's, it's connecting with that part of yourself and then moving your day. Very well said. Yes. And, you know, morning routine, getting enough sleep, eating healthy, all that does play a role. Um, but I also notice. I know you mentioned boundaries a couple of times and that's something personally that I'm working on. And I know a lot of people that are listening out there have some challenges with boundaries and it it keeps coming up in a lot of my episodes and I've had, you know, other therapists and, you know, people that were boundary experts, like kind of talk about this, but when it comes to empaths, I think it's a little bit more challenging just because I feel like that's something that's built in, in us to people, please. So uh, we do set, you know, it is work that we have to put in. So I want to ask you, especially with the clients that you help, you mentioned something called afterburn. And I want you to explain that because that's my number, personally, my number one thing that I have a problem with is when I do say no, or let's say I'm at a job and, and, you know, even if I have to, you know, impress my boss or if I'm in doing a going on a date, I want to impress that person. I want to make sure they like me. But then, if there's something that's not right and I stick up for myself and there's a boundary that's crossed, I'll speak up, but there's that afterburn. So if you can kind of explain what that afterburn is and how to kind of, um, you know, get over that. Absolutely. And just afterburn is a concept that Melody Beattie, she does a lot of work around codependency. That's, I think, her term, but it just describes it perfectly because I think the, the deal with empaths is that when we set a boundary, and the other person feels uncomfortable, like they might, they might be pissed off or they might be hurt. We can feel it because oh, we're, yeah. mm-hmm. we're not just dealing with the discomfort of setting a boundary, like a normal person. I just say that in air quotes, normal person. We're dealing with, with feeling their feelings on top of our own. So it's just knowing that it is t- so natural when you've kind of always been people pleasing. You've always said yes. You've always kind of gone along with the thing to say no, like speak up for yourself, that it's going to feel weird. Like whenever you step into new unfamiliar behaviors, it's going to feel weird. So it's natural to feel guilty 
It's natural. Maybe you're going to feel sad. Maybe you're going to feel angry that you had to set that boundary in the first place. And it's natural that the other person is going to have their reaction as well. So just to give them space, but to not let their emotional reaction, which you can feel because you're an empath, to, to factor in what, what is truly um, what is truly the best thing for you. Because I believe when we do what's best for us, like truly in our hearts, best for us, it is the best thing for everybody else. So it's also trusting that by owning our power and being true to our heart, it's actually the best thing for the other person. Because when we're people pleasing, we're being dishonest. So when we're staying in our power, we're speaking our truth, we're being honest. And one thing I want to point out to the listeners out there, especially the empaths, you are going to get pressed back. And they are, especially if you're dealing with a narcissist, they're going to gaslight you. They're going to make you feel like you're crazy. You put that boundary, don't think twice, you own it. And then once you say it, that's it. There's no turning back. It's not going to work for you. Boom, move on. You're going to feel like your heart's beating. You're going to be sweating. You're going to feel guilty. That's all normal. I mean, what do you think? I mean, is that part of the process of, of saying no? Yeah, that's <laughs> so good. Like, I just want to like preach like that, just owning it, not letting it pull you back. And what popped into my head as you were uh, saying that is sometimes it's almost like we need a community of belonging. We need we need some other paths who oh, have yeah. our back so that we can say, you know what? I have this this boundary I'm going to set today, and I know that this person is going to try and mind fuck me. Can I call right. you afterwards, yes. or have someone who has your has your back? Because if you've been kind of sucked in and and in that mind pattern, whatever whatever that pattern is, you're you're going to believe it. But you're coming into the light, like you're seeing the truth. You're seeing how how awesome and precious you are. And sometimes we need we need our people to reflect yes. that back to us. We need our like, tribe. You are not. <laughs> yeah. We do. We do. And they're yes. out there. Like, and they want, we all want to find each other. Like we're, we're all looking for each other. Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, even when I started this podcast, I've, I've had so many empaths on here that I keep in contact with a lot of the guests. And when I, put a boundary up, I'll, I'll contact one or two of them and I'll be like, this is what I did. I, I don't know if it was right. They have my back 110%. They're like, you know what? I would have blocked them and I would have done this and that and said this, but you did good. And the, just getting that, that sense of like, you know, tribe, like I'm behind you makes it, make it, makes it sting even less. So find your tribe members, you know, find the people that are going to get it with you. And just like why I'm having, you know, um, Emily on this uh, podcast, the minute I spoke to her, I yeah. just a couple sentences, I, she was like understanding exactly what, what I was talking about. And that's just something that empaths with other empaths can kind of pick up and it just kind of came out organically. So I just, I just know. And, and that kind of, you know, gets me to the next point is when you do meet empaths as friends, and sometimes if you go into a relationship with them as a, like maybe long term, can it work or is it based on the individual? Like can two empaths actually date each other and possibly, I know there's some people that are married that are both empaths and they're all like, oh yeah, it's awesome. While others are like polar opposites. So no, <laughs> we're going to get a divorce soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, cause absolutely. If you're empowered, you're in your power. Absolutely. Your relationship can flourish. 
I think no matter what. But for empaths, we're sensitive. We, we're feeling trauma. We're easily triggered. So I just feel like as empaths, we cannot settle. You need to be with someone who can hold space when you're triggered, hold space for your big emotions, like even normal things, right? Like for me, stepping into coaching, it's new. Sometimes I get nervous. I'm bumping up. I'm up leveling. I have my my many freakouts behind the scene. And, and Vince is just someone who can hold space for me. And I do believe that Vince is an empath. And, um, and he's very empowered and he's, he has no time for people pleasing. Like he has no time, no time for that. So, but he can read people intuitively know, like he's worked in, in recovery and intuitively know when people are like relapsing on drugs, he just has a spidey sense about it. So for us, for us, it works. And I think it is because I'm, I'm committed to doing my work. Like I can't make him do his inner work, but he, he's done so much that we're able to, to meet. And then when, when something comes up, whatever you want to describe it, someone gets triggered, we can have compassion and use that to heal another layer. So it's, 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 I feel like he is my person because I can keep growing while I'm with him. And I don't, I don't need to be perfect. I don't expect him to be perfect, but I can have compassion and love. And it's, to me, it's exhilarating. I, I, I think as empaths, if you've decided to come to this planet as a sensitive being, especially right now, you are looking for adventure, like just a like you want something intense. You want to feel all the things. You want to see all the colors and technicolor. And your love, your love is, oh, I have shivers right now. Your love is going to epic. Is when the empaths love, it is mm, like delicious. It's good, yeah. <laughs> yes. So you deserve someone who, who gets it, whether that's another empath or not. But just as long as you're both doing the work, I don't see why why it couldn't work. Right. Very, very well said. And and again, all the people that are listening out there, don't give up on love. If you're an empath or even just a trauma victim, somebody that's been through a lot of anxiety or um, some sort of tragic event and you've given up on love, you have like, just like Emily said, you know, focus on yourself, treat yourself good. You know, if you treat yourself with respect and the love, then you can give it to other people. Now, I know that sounds cliche, but once you start stop looking and checking your phone and going on these apps and every five minutes and saying, ah, see, there it is. Nobody loves me. You know, that's just reinforcing that low um, vibration that Emily's talking about. So this goes out for anybody, you know, just um, if you keep on, you know, putting that into your mind, that's what's going to manifest. And if it's time to be alone, then that's what you have to expect. Maybe it's a time for healing for you. And then that much you'll be that much stronger and you can give all your love and everything to that one special person that comes into someone's life. So, Emily, I'm going to give you the last word here. And um, if you can just kind of, you know, give like, you know, to sum it all up to all the listeners, all the trauma victims, empaths, highly sensitive people that are listening, a final word um, out there. What would you say as far as, you know, manifesting love in, in this topic? I would say you are so worthy. I know we're all we're all worthy, but if you're listening to this right now, that's just confirmation to own your worthiness. Number two, your desire is telling you that your person is there. So just trusting that 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 it's done. And the last thing is to do the inner work. Very well said. And and um, where can we find you also on social media if you can uh, share that with us? Sure. Yes. My, my hub is Instagram. I live on Instagram. <laughs> I'm at 
Emily Rainbow Glow, and I dropped the last W for some reason. I, my my inner child, my seven year old me, picked my Instagram handle, and for mm-hmm. now, I'm, I'm keeping it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I post every Tuesday and Friday, and uh, this in the regular feed. And I love the messages that come through. Sometimes I have no idea what I'm going to write until I sit down to do it. And I used to do my stories every single day, but I need more self-care in this time, as we all do. So Monday to Friday, I try to get on there every night and just share share a message. And if you're not on Instagram, I'm on, on Twitter. I do a little bit of, of tweeting at Emily Rainbow Glow as well. So listening check out emily she's an awesome empath coach you definitely opened my eyes on on this subject because i was not feeling it too but like once i started talking to you and did this podcast i got a lot out of it too so uh thank you so much for all you do you're really good at what you you know what you do as far as helping other empaths and coaching them so thank you so much for being on the show thank you so much and and what an honor and i just really appreciate the work you're doing in the world, you're creating a safe space for empaths. And I just thank you so much for that, Raj. Yes. Thank you so much. So in final thoughts, guys, I hope you got something valuable out of this episode. I just want to let you know that you are an amazing person. Whoever's listening to this, keep moving forward. Don't let anybody stop you. Try to keep a small group of friends that you can go to, especially the ones that are going to encourage you. There's not a shortage of all the manipulative, narcissist, sociopath, psychopaths. All these people will always be out there. That's why it's imperative to have boundaries and stick to them. Practice it now. Don't let anybody try to force you to do anything that you don't want to and never compare. When things are right, things are going to go your way. And as you can tell with manifestation, the more we focus on things we don't want, that seems to be popping up. Try to be in the moment, have gratitude, and just keep moving forward. With that said, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for the next episode. And also, if you can please let me know how I'm doing on the Apple iTunes. It helps me out a ton. Share this with any empath or any trauma victim that might be going through a tough time. It really helps out this uh, podcast. So in the meantime, we are out. You're listening to the On Call Empath. Thank you.